This week, I have a really exciting interview with Corey Ruth, aka the women's dietitian. Corey launched a private practice and grew her audience and customer base through Instagram, but once she was about to have her first child, she realized that she needed to diversify her income streams away from just one-on-one work. So she dove into the world of online courses and created a course to help women with PCOS get pregnant, something she herself had personal experience with. The first launch gave her a taste of what was possible when you leverage your time with scalable online offerings, and she never looked back. Over the last few years, Corey has continued to run her signature course, Get Pregnant with PCOS, launched a second course for women with PCOS, and even released her own supplement line. I won't spoil the exact numbers for you since that's a super exciting part of this podcast episode, but you'll be so freaking impressed by the level of revenue Corey is bringing in with her launches. It's so incredibly inspiring, and especially so for all the moms out there. Hope you enjoy this one. And if you want to connect with Corey, myself, and other entrepreneurial wellness professionals, make sure to come join us in my free Facebook group, The Unconventional RD Community. Just search for The Unconventional RD Community on Facebook and request to join. And definitely leave your email address when you join to get some weekly tidbits of wisdom from yours truly that will help you start a website, grow your audience, and launch new digital revenue streams. Let's dive into the interview. Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Hi, Corey. Welcome to the podcast today. It's great to reconnect with you. I know it's been so, so long. It feels like light years ago. (laughs) I know we've both come so far. For those listening, Corey and I both went to the same grad school and had some of the same preceptors along the way. I think I was maybe just a year or two ahead of you on that path. We didn't quite cross paths like in school, but connected a little bit outside. So Yeah, I'm just like so excited about everything you've built online. It's so inspirational. And I know everyone listening is going to be super stoked to hear the background on everything as well. So do you mind starting by introducing us to you and more about why you got into dietetics and what you're doing today? Yes, totally. So my name is Corey, again, and I have my business, which is the, the women's dietitian. And I started out, I, I, I wanted to become a dietitian because I kind of wanted that combination between food and science, you know, big fan of both, definitely food. So yeah, I, I, I went back to school and I had no clue that I would ever be an entrepreneur or work for myself. You know, I kind of was looking at all the options, you know, clinical, I, my, my passion wasn't there. And I, I started in food service and that was definitely not for me. And I was like, well, what else is left? Like, what do I do? And then, you know, I got inspired by other dietitians kind of taking their business into their own hands and doing their own thing. And I was like, that sounds more like me. So yeah, I decided to just pursue private practice and it has definitely blossomed into something more than I ever in my wildest dreams could have imagined that I would be doing, which is really cool and exciting. And there's, you know, there's always new potential to branch off and do something else wacky and cool. So I love that about it. So who's your ideal customer that you serve in the women's dietitian right now? 
Yeah. So I work with exclusively with women to help them balance their hormones. I, I do a lot, mostly work at PCOS. So polycystic ovary syndrome, which is the leading cause of infertility here in the U S and I think worldwide. So I do lots of work around fertility and PCOS, but also just PCOS symptom management. Um, it's a very tricky condition and we in kind of in a traditional medical setting, you know, we don't, and I say we, cause I have PCOS too, but uh, we don't get a lot of guidance from our doctor. And so I, I kind of knew that, and I wanted to kind of step in and fill that void. So I work with women who are, you know, looking for PCOS symptom management, um, also working on other hormone related things like PMS, you know, painful periods, mood swings, cravings, libido issues, all types of stuff. Um, and I do a little bit of work around digestion as well. Great. And just take it back to the very beginning when you first were starting out, you're like, I'm going to start my own business. And I'm assuming since you said private practice, like you were seeing clients one-on-one probably. So Mm -hmm. what did that look like? Were you doing it in person online? How did you get started? Sure. So I, I knew that I wanted to be virtual from day one, which has been nice, you know, with the basically the unraveling of everything with the pandemic. So yeah, I was virtual from day one. I wanted to save on office. You know, I was living in the Bay area at that time and rent is crazy high. Um, And I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't afford a separate office to be honest with you. So I thought "Mm, my living room will be my office. And I I was seeing clients one-on-one and I, when I started, I just kind of put my stuff out there on social media, on Instagram and, you know, prayed for the best. And it did, you know, I did gain some momentum that way. And I was able to transition to full time after about five months, which was faster than I had originally anticipated. So that was really cool. And kind of starting to understand the power behind social media as a sales and marketing tool, which I had never considered it to be, you know, just keeping a personal account. Five months is amazing, honestly. So do you think it helped that you, like, did you know your niche and who you're speaking to, like straight out the gate? Did that help? Or Mm -hmm. like, what, how do you think you were able to see such success in such a relatively short amount of time? I think for me, when I started, I I was kind of into intuitive eating and, you know, body positivity and all that. And that was, that's still very popular. A lot of dietitians are doing that. And I was kind of taking a look at that saying, you know, how can I not be one in like a sea of a million? What do I need to do? And I've always just been the biggest hormone endocrinology, all that stuff nerd. So I thought, well, what if, what if I just like talk about things that women don't typically talk about, you know, periods and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, all, all, all kinds of stuff. And it just took off. I think, I think it, it was relatable for, it is relatable for women and we don't get enough of that education in school. You know, we're learned how to, we're, we're, we're learned, we're, we're taught how to prevent pregnancy. We're never taught how to achieve pregnancy when we're into our late thirties and beyond, you know, all these things that I realized there was a void for. And I just started going after topics that I was really passionate about. And I think on social, you know, that really shines through people can tell when you're not, when you're just passionate only because you're trying to be like everybody else. And so that authentic, you know, factor is really important. And I, I'm not afraid to say like what a nerd I am about, you know, talking about whatever menstruation or whatever it is, I'm not afraid of that. And I think that that resonates with followers and people who are, you know, looking at the page, like, cool, like she's, she's showing up as who she is. And that's important when you are in, uh, you know, one out of many, many, many millions. Yes. That's great advice. And I think that applies to like any niche, really. (laughs) Like I 
as people listening know, I'm not really doing much in the nutrition realm specifically anymore, but I would think I could take that exact same advice for why my own unconventional RD brand took off. Like just being yourself and being real, people can tell when that's happening versus you're like following a formula and you're, you know, trying to game the strategy system or whatever, the algorithm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You're really good at Instagram though. Just FYI for people. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What's your handle in case people want to check it out? Yeah. So it's the women's dietitian. I can't believe that was available either. Like, I think when you launched that, I was like, what? How has no one swooped that up yet? Trademark, boom. (laughs) I actually had that name in my head for so long. And I think it's, if you're thinking about starting a business, that name you can get really attached to. And I I, I love that, that like helped inspire me to continue to grow in this field. I was like the women's dietitian, that's pretty baller. I'm going to take that. (laughs) It's a good one. And then, so at what point did you start thinking about offering your advice in another format, like online courses. Yeah. So I was actually, um, sort of, you know, where you are, I I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about how am I going to handle maternity leave, you know, not having paid leave. What am I going to do? Can't see one-on-one clients, you know, immediately postpartum. So I was working with a business coach and she suggested an online program. And I was like, Hmm, what is, what is that? And so I built it while I was pregnant and I launched it before I went on mat leave. And it helped sustain me, you know, through my maternity leave. And I think I understood at that point, the power of online courses, because, you know, one-on-one work is so time consuming as we know, and, you know, it's really a way to make way more and work way less. And I was like, Hmm, that's attractive. I like that. So I built that out and I, you know, I, that I'm launching it for the sixth time. So it's the same, but I mean, not the same. I've, I've updated everything and, you know, added all new stuff, but, but it's, that's kind of the same thing in terms of what I'm putting out there for one of my online courses. And it's just been an incredible, it's been very successful, you know, both from a, from a monetary standpoint on my end business side, but also from, you know, result standpoint from who's taking the course. So I, I, I guess I, I decided to go that route because of maternity leave, not really thinking much beyond that. And then once I understood, wow, this is, this is, this is, this could potentially be really big and a huge part of my, you know, overall income throughout the year. How do I duplicate that? How do I keep building on that rather than, you know, putting more and more and more time and stock into direct one-on-one work? Yes. I can't wait to dive into all that. (laughs) But before we get into the details, can you just tell us like what your offerings are specifically right now? Sure. Yeah. So my two online programs, I have one, which is get pregnant with PCOS. So um, basically walking women through how to conceive when they have PCOS, what steps to take nutrition wise, movement, stress, digestion, we touch on all of it. And then I have my PCOS boss Academy. And that's basically it's, it's similar in PCOS symptom management, but it's taking out the fertility component and adding in a, a weight loss component. So all about, you know, kind of best tactics there. So those are the two things that I have running and I run them at the same time. And I I launched the boss Academy a few months ago for the first time. And it was, it actually sold out faster than get pregnant with PCOS. So they both sold out pretty much the same day, but that one actually sold out faster, which was fascinating. I did not expect that. So now then I, I thought, okay, now I've got two, you know, pretty successful programs. And so yeah, I, I'm kind of transitioning away from one-on-one work. I do really love it though. So it's kind of hard for me. I actually do like it. So I like doing it, but, but it, you know, from a, from a business standpoint, it makes all the sense. So mm-hmm. 
Do you feel comfortable sharing numbers at all of how your launches have gone? Totally. Yeah. So the past, this past launch, when I launched Get Pregnant with PCOS and the Boss Academy, I, so that day I netted $106,000 one day, basically. So I plan on rerunning the programs four times a year. I'm sorry, three times a year. So, you know, that on top of the other group coaching that I'm doing is, is a nice, comfortable living. And I'm also launching a supplement line. So I'll have that coming in. So lots of different moving parts, but that's, that's the beauty of running your own business. You know, you can just kind of shoot up and do this and that and that. And yeah. Yay. Okay. I have, think everyone who's listening is like jaws dropping probably right now. <laughs> it's just so incredible. And it's such a great opportunity that unfortunately, like if you're maybe working a nine to five might not present itself to you in the same way, like a hundred thousand dollars in a day. Like what? (laughs) I know. Right. I never thought I would be here. You know, I never did. And then the supplement line thing is cool too. Like maybe we'll have to have you back to talk about that because that's a whole another rabbit hole that I have zero experience in. Okay. So basically your plan now is to kind of like go all in on these programs, which Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) And for people listening, can you walk us through kind of like the steps of creating an online course, like bigger picture? What does that even look like? How did you take what you used to do with people one-on-one and convert it into something for the masses? Totally. Yeah. So step one, beat your head against the wall. Step two, I'm just joking. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, it, it, it's really a lot of work up front. Right. And then after that, you can continue to run the same thing and you can even add, you know, add, change a couple things and up the price and no, no one's the wiser because they haven't taken it before and they don't realize that they're getting more value. So when you're, t- when you're thinking about group program creation, you know, first and foremost with, from, you know, marketing and sales is I think one of the biggest, most important things, because if you're not putting it in, in front of enough eyeballs, you're not going to make as many sales, obviously. So you don't want to launch a group program when you, you know, if you're using social media as your primary, you know, way of getting clients, you don't want to launch it when you've got like 700 followers, right? You're going to want to build up that following a little bit longer. So I always tell, you know, my business coaching clients, just be patient, wait a little bit, grow, grow that audience and then, and then launch or, you know, market. So you want to kind of create an app, you know, what's the theme, obviously, what's the topic and create an outline, you know, how, how, what are the nuts and bolts of the program? How, how many weeks or how many months, what are they getting? you know, what are they getting access to? You will always want to think about how you can continue to add value to that. So are you going to do, are you going to offer VIP upgrades? So that's maybe where they can click, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars more and you can have a couple one-on-one sessions with me. I don't do that, but I have colleagues that do that. You can add in maybe some hormone testing or some kind of health testing. Maybe it's whatever, you know, area that you're in. So think about that. And then, you know, how, what else are they getting in terms of like a membership community? I think that's an important part of these groups is to come up with a way that other members can connect. And it's funny, you know, the way that I market it on my website is like gain, gain access to a private exclusive membership community. What is it? It's a Facebook group, but you know, we're, we're talking it up so you can use Facebook. It's free. You know, it's easy. Every, most everybody has it. So that membership community, I think is important. Some colleagues I've seen offer like live a couple live calls 
throughout the program. I've done that in the past and I just didn't find that they added a lot of value. And I found like, I felt like I was just kind of talking into nothing. So anyway, that, but that's just mine. So you could think about that. And then, you, you know, you want to kind of walk yourself through what, what each, if you're, if you're going week by week, so say you're creating a six week or eight week program, what is each week? What does that module look like? What are they learning? What's the topic? What's the theme? You also want to try to provide some downloadable items. So guidelines, you know, or, you know, like a resource sheet or a tip sheet or a workshop so that they can also have more interactive items to go through as well. So they're not just reading or watching a video, you know, you're, you're kind of putting it into play for them. You're, you're creating like a little simulation. So there's that. And then, you know, when it comes to the software building, building out the, the course, I, I would say, you know, is, is time consuming, but if you're picking the right topic, a lot of it's already in your head, right? You're not having to go and like scour PubMed for all these different things. You know, it, 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 you should pick a topic that you know a lot about. And so, you know, being able to kind of regurgitate and create these modules is, is a kind time consuming, but not, not super difficult. The market, sorry, my dog, there's a mailman. Um, so the marketing and the sales aspect is huge. You don't want to launch an online course where you've only been talking about it for, you know, a couple weeks on your page. You really want to give it time to, you know, te tease the audience and let them know, Hey, this is coming. And you know, this is, this is awesome. You're going to want to check this out, mark your calendars, you know, talk it up. And that whole marketing and sales part is so super important. And I think I see a lot of colleagues miss the mark on that because they do it in a, you know, they don't give it enough time to actually talk about the program, talk it up and tease their audience. And then they're just like, boom, join my program. And it's like, wait, what's this? Where did this come from? Yeah. So definitely being more tactful there and giving yourself extra time. You know, I, a lot of us, I think we want to just rush and get it out there, which, which is a good thing, but you know, trying to like lure people into the program. And I don't mean lure, but, you know, entice them into joining. You've got to give it a little bit of time. Yeah. Otherwise you run into that sticky situation where you're like, oh man, I thought this was so great. And two people mm -hmm. bought, but it's, it doesn't mean that it's not great on the back end, but <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yes. along those same lines, this was a mistake that I had made in the past before when I had tried to create something online. Mm -hmm. A, I was missing the audience, which we touched on, but B, I also did not validate that the people that I thought were in my audience would even want what I was creating. So the way that I personally have validated in the past was through pre-selling. So I actually had people sign up and pay me money before I built it, just so I knew I wasn't sinking time in just to have it launched to crickets. But did you right. do anything like that? Or were you like so connected with your audience that you felt good about it? Mm, that's a good, yeah, I, I remember when you did that too. I, I, I actually didn't do that. I, I guess, I, yeah, I, I, definitely a good way to go. I didn't personally do that. Yeah, it totally depends. On, you know, every business is unique. I mean, I think it's different too because on Instagram, I'm not really on Instagram that much, but it is mm -hmm. so much more of a conversation, I think. So perhaps even you could say just through DMs or comments and conversations yes. you were having with people, you could kind of see what resonated. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Totally. Yep. And yeah. And so DMs, definitely people asking questions about the program, people commenting on posts that have mentioned the program. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Once I started getting a bunch of those in, I was like, okay, like, I, I think we can at least count on a decent, you know, tur turnout. So yeah, that is a different way to kind of gauge that interest, I think. Yeah. Totally. 
And how did the very first one go? Like, did you have expectations and did you hit them? I did. I did. I did. I sold out. It took me close to like two weeks and I did sell out. And I, I think I had 50 spots. Now I have 300 per launch. So 150 per program and 300 per launch. But yeah, I think I had 50 spots. And I, I remember getting to like 48 and then like 49. I'm like, oh. yeah, I, I, I think I had a, a good turnout for the first time. And the price point was much lower, obviously. And I had no idea what I was doing. But that, that is, you know, that is super motivating in and of itself to kind of continue. But I, even if I hadn't have hit that goal, I, I definitely would have rerun it because I, at least like I, I knew I was going to make about like sell at least half. I think I might have, you know, I think I might have done like a wait list or something. I'm trying to remember. Gosh, it was like three years ago now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wait lists are a good strategy to gauge interest mm-hmm. too. Was there a reason why you decided to do the whole like X number of spots thing? Instead of just like open. (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about that. So I had, I, I've, before I launched boss Academy, I had explored the membership, you know, subscription, because I see a lot of people doing that. And when I added up the numbers, I make more launching it a few times a year. And I think that's been an important tactic because it is that scarcity factor. And, you know, I don't, I don't always know when I'm going to rerun the program. Like, I don't even know when the next time, I mean, I, I know it's going to be in a few months, but I don't know. So people ask me, oh, you know, I can't make it this time. Are you going to rerun this program? I'm like, yeah, but I don't know when, which is the honest to God truth. I don't know. But that, that scarcity tactic too, I think is, is helpful. And I, I did, I realized I could make more doing that than like the continuously running the subscription. And it's easier. It's actually easier for me because I'm only in heavy marketing mode a few times a year for these programs. I mean, I'll, I'll sprinkle in stuff. Obviously I want to keep interest alive, but I'm not in like heavy marketing mode. So I feel like I'm not burning people out on sales pitches versus if I had something going all the time, I might feel like that and pull back a little bit. And also I don't have to update new content. Like I, I don't know exactly how each of these are run, but I think from my understanding, the subscription, you know, you're having to add new content and that keeps people in there. Right. So I don't have to do that. I have all of my content, everything for my courses is done. The only thing I have to do is market it and then pop into the Facebook groups. That's it. It's all done. So I, I'm not, I don't feel the pressure to have to generate new content for, for these and add more stuff onto my plate. So that's been nice too. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, it's all it's semantics in some ways. Like you can totally have a membership where you're not adding new content, but then like some models, it's like all about like, Oh, every month there's this new thing um, and there is not like a formal course structure. So it totally depends on how you decided to set it up and what you're offering. But what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Do you do, do you run it kind of like in cohorts then? Like, so these 50, let's use you in the beginning when you had 50 people, was it like they're all joining at the same time and they get access for X amount of time? Or is it like you're in and you're in forever? And how did you decide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been actually toying with that idea too, because right now and how it's always been is they have access for three months and then it ends. Just like if you were taking a, a college class, you know, you have access to the professor for three months or however long your semester or your quarter is. That's how I've structured it in the past, but I don't know. I'm kind of playing with that idea because I keep getting people like it closed yesterday, for example, my May group. And I got, I'm getting emails still, Hey, I can't get into the course. And yet I've talked about that since the first day, like access ends on August 1st. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, I, I guess I don't have a huge, there's, there's not a big reason behind why I'm doing that. 
So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm challenging myself and thinking about that more. Which is basically the gist of online business or business in general. (laughs) Try something, look at the results, Mm -hmm, tweak mm -hmm. it if you need to. (laughs) There's so many ways, like there's, it's like an infinite hodgepodge of how you could combine what you're doing. (laughs) So like, cause I had the same issue where I was feeling like launching repeatedly actually was draining me, but because I had three different Mm -hmm. programs, I think if I was launching the same one three times, it might not feel Uh as the same way, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I slimmed down. And now I'm only doing one course Uh at the moment. Uh, But my solution to that issue was I created like an evergreen model. So different solution to, I guess the same problem, (laughs) like instead of doing the launching to feel like I'm not always marketing. I built it all into the back end, automated through my email system. Awesome. So I also don't have to be always marketing. It's yeah. doing it for me, but yeah. in a different way. So yeah, yes. it's so cool how like, depending on your personality and kind mm-hmm. of content you like to create, no matter what you're doing, there's something out there that can work for you online. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And for people listening, like there's no wrong way either. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think people listen and they're like, okay, this person was so successful. So I need to do like every little exact thing that they did. But right. yeah, no, you definitely don't. <laughs> no, you me- shouldn't. You should, you should design something that works, that's sustainable for you. Yeah. You know, some people would flip out at, you know, the launches that we've done. And some people would say, I could do more. Everyone's different and what they can handle, you know? Yeah. So figure out where you lie on the spectrum. <laughs> And was there much of a financial investment in getting this all set up besides like the time? No. And that's been a a beautiful part of working in the virtual space. So Kajabi is what I use to build my programs. I love it. I have used Thinkific in the past and I was less than impressed. So I, I love Kajabi and I think I pay a couple grand a year for it. And then I, part of my programs, which is something else I should have mentioned too, is I um, recommend like just in general, what supplements may be helpful for PCOS or PCOS, you know, fertility. So I have a dispensary set up with a, a, a platform called Fullscript and I take a chunk of all the sales I make. So that's potentially, you know, 900 women uh, a year buying, you know, a bunch of supplements. And so I've covered all of the Kajabi costs and more just for the whole year, just in one launch. So affiliate stuff can help to, you know, kind of fill in for if you are spending a little bit here, but yeah, you know, Instagram's free basically. So I haven't, and I haven't really put up much in terms of money, but time, definitely time. Yeah. Social media is, you know, the, what you pay is your, in your time. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. I do you use Kajabi because for those listening who aren't super familiar, Kajabi is sort of like an all in one course marketing platform. So mm-hmm. unlike other platforms like Teachable or Thinkific, where they're just like, this is where you put your course, like everything else yeah. you do on a different platform, you do your email marketing separately, you mm-hmm. do your website separately. If you want to in Kajabi, you could do it all through Kajabi. So do you do it that way or do you just use it for the course features? Yeah, I do have one of my programs landing pages that lives on Kajabi. I've been thinking about transferring that over because it's a little bit, it doesn't, it's not super cohesive with my website. So, but yeah, I've, I've, I've used that part, but that's, that's pretty much, excuse me, pretty much it for Kajabi. Yeah. 
And that's, well, from the tech, like nerdy SEO side, like that's totally how I recommend using it because it's just not quite yeah. up to a speed where it needs to be to have your whole site on there if you plan for your website to be a part of your marketing strategy. And then same with the email, depending on how, yep. you know, automated and targeted yep. you want to get with that. It's totally. There's also probably other solutions that are a little better for that. Yeah, um, I can see that for sure. Do you do any email marketing or is it just, just Instagram? You know I don't. I and I, I do, I collect emails from my downloadable freebies and I, I have them. I just, I, I guess I haven't needed to do that yet, but that doesn't mean I don't, something happens on Instagram and I need to use those. So I have them if I need them, but I don't actively do that right now. That's, that's actually also a really great <laughs> uh, point to touch on. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. there is a lot of pressure also to like be everywhere for mm-hmm. a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I like that you're basically like, I'm on Instagram (laughs) and that's working for me right now. And I, you know, I have my backup contingency plans and all that, but, uh, you don't need to overwhelm yourself in the beginning. If it's working, like you you can have your like phases of growth where you're like, okay, that's something on the horizon that like I've said, like, I don't know about you, but I have like folders in my bookmarks bar where I'm like, okay, when I'm ready to tackle Instagram, like, this is what I'm going to do, but like, I'm not there right now. So, you know, I'm still focused on growing a Facebook group and doing email marketing. So like, that's where my energy is, but like other people are like totally focus on completely different things and having amazing success. So like totally. it all comes back to knowing what works for you and your audience. So yes. I love that. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. And I, it is good to have a backup too, but as far as the, that can stay a backup until you need it, you don't have to have all of these things like working on at the same time. No one has time. Ain't nobody got time. Yeah. And There's I nothing. actually, out of all the like most successful people that I think I've interviewed, no one started out on every platform all at once simultaneously. Right. Everyone has one channel that they just mm-hmm. owned, yes. whatever that is. <laughs> so, totally. I mean, there's freaking some people who it's like, oh, I just like kill it on LinkedIn or something. And I'm like, I don't even know that world. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So currently you're running your program three times a year and people yes. are getting fixed access and that's, and you're playing with that, which I like. Yeah. And you're getting pretty much all of your sales from Instagram. So what are you doing? Are you just linking to a landing page basically in your posts and your stories? Yeah. So in the link in my bio, I have basically a page that's unlinked on my website that they go to. So it goes to my website and they can click on two different landing pages, one for get pregnant with PCOS and one for the boss Academy. Um, and they can, you know, there's a big whole long landing page there. And then I also have one thing that I've found to be very powerful is just testimonials. So I have it written into my terms of service for both programs that I'm allowed to anonymously share any correspondence that you have with me. And I put that in there because some people, they will email me. I don't even know how they get my email or they'll DM me or they'll comment on the, you know, Facebook group or something. So there's all different kinds of feedback channels. And so I wanted to capture them all. And so I will literally just screenshot whatever they sent me. Like if someone gets a positive pregnancy test and get pregnant with PCOS, boom. I mean, and these things sell your program for you because these are, that's the result, right? So I have on my Instagram, I have a highlight for each program and people can literally, I have, I, the, the fertility one is, I think I've maxed it out. They like, won't let me add anymore. (laughs) I've got like over like almost a hundred different testimonial pieces from, you know, the past few years, all about all the success. And so I'll point people to the highlights 
And that way they can learn about the program and then they can see with their own eyes, all the success based on real testimonials. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I think it's also kind of nice to not, you know, I thought about, should I type these up and like put them in a branded, I just, I, first of all, I don't have time, <laughs> but second of all, it's kind of more powerful, I think, to get the direct message and people know that's real, right? Or at least, you know, they, I hope that they know that it's real. So I'm not just like making it up willy nilly because I'm not attaching photos or, you know, giving the backstory about the testimony. I'm literally screenshotting every success, every single thing that comes into my, comes my way that has anything positive to do with the program. I'm like, boom, share. So I think that's been helpful too. And so I'll talk about my program when I'm not in heavy marketing phase, meaning like the few weeks leading up to the launch. I'll sprinkle in here and there on my page and my stories. And I'm, and also I'm on TikTok and I'm trying to build up my TikTok now because I realized that I'd let it go dead and I don't want it to die. So, so I'll, I'll, you know, create a TikTok video around one of the programs and drop that maybe once a week or something. And then on Instagram, I'll drop some, you know, pieces of information in a caption, or I'll kind of make that the main point of focus in a post maybe once a week or, or a couple times a week. And then I'll post on stories a lot just as successes come in. So they're kind of always reminded. I think all my followers are reminded that these things are happening and, you know, they're having that launch date is exciting. It's like an event that they get to look forward to. And I've, I've gotten a little bit of backlash. I've gotten a couple of DMs like, oh, well, I didn't make it into your program. You know, it's sold out the same day. It's what did someone say? It's like playing roulette with my health or something. And I was like, I totally, this, I, I get it. Like, and it's not meant to feel like a game, right? But in the reality, I cannot open it up to thousands of women. And the reason that I say that, the reason the justification that I give for capping it at 150 is because I manage, and I do, I manage the Facebook groups by myself and I can't handle, you know, thousands of people in there at one time. So yeah. So the testimonials and the scarcity factor and just kind of sprinkling in tidbits about it and always kind of talking about it a little bit in the background without being overly sales pitchy, you know, it's definitely a fine line you have to walk and you can test it out and see what works. If you, you know, you'll, you'll know if you're being too salesy and no one's interested and you'll know when you're not talking about it enough, but you've really got to, you know, check in with yourself and check in with the work that you're doing and saying, okay, is this working? you have to be continuously monitoring yourself. Yes, I know. That's something I'm personally working on as well. Like I have done a horrible job sharing testimonials historically. <laughs> I'm actively like literally as we speak, working on uh, working that into the content that I'm sharing more. I mean, we have like different setups. Like Mine's kind of just evergreen. So sometimes people will just kind of like be doing their thing and they're doing great, but like no one's like asking them how they're doing. So they're not just yes. necessarily going to pop in and be like, Hey, this like great thing happened. So yes. being more proactive about like, like yes. how is everyone doing? And then people, then people pop out and they're like, Oh, this great thing happened. And then yes. it's exciting. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just playing with that type of stuff too, but Yes. Totally important. And I think it boosts the morale of your community yes. as well when they see other people succceeding. Yes. Um, so, so many positives. Yep. Yeah. I'll do like a once a week thing in the Facebook groups. So I'll like share your success Mondays or, you know, whatever it is. And then I find that that, that does pretty well generally with the get pregnant with PCOS. It's mostly like, it's, it's very measurable, right? Like people get people start ovulating and it's like, Oh my God, Corey, guess what? And then I got a present positive pregnancy test. So it's kind of different with boss Academy. I have noticed that I'm like, wait, why aren't, why aren't I getting like 
why aren't people pouring out with like their good news? What the heck? Like, are people not getting, having success? No, they are, but it's the same, you know, the reason that you just mentioned, they're not necessarily going to reach out and do it themselves. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, this might be going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but just since you're here and you're so good on Instagram and I have no clue what's going on on Instagram, what would you say are some of the strategies that have helped you grow consistently like in this day and age? Cause I feel like just from seeing other people talk, everyone's like, Oh, what's like, have there's so many changes constantly. Like, you know, yeah. now they're pushing video apparently a little more. So what are your whole thoughts on what's working right now? So I'll give you my answer like a year ago, and then I'll give you my new answer. My old answer is kind of more formulaic, post consistently. And that's still true. I still find that to be true. Post consistently, you don't want to take big breaks. Even if you're having a day where you're like, F social media, I don't want to freaking be on here. Push through it and show up because your followers come to depend on your content and they look forward to it. I took a three day break from Instagram recently. Literally people were texting me like, did you, did you die? So be on there consistently show up on stories, all of those, you know, all, all that. But my new answer, I will say based on just also coaching other dietitians, you know, to like get their Instagram going personality and I cannot teach personality, but you really, we, we are, you know, healthcare on social media is huge. People are are getting general advice from pages. And when you're one in a million, you know, you have to be, you have to be unique and putting yourself out there in terms of your personality, I think is so important because people are attracted to that and they're attracted to that authenticity, like, like we talked about. So I would say, you know, with social media, show up as yourself. If that, if, if you're weird and silly, leverage that and play it up. And, you know, if you're not, if you're more serious, you know, poke fun at that or, or you know, just show up as you. And people are going to be, are going to gravitate towards that because they want to work at the end of the day, they want to work with you, like you, Erica versus someone else who's in the same space. Why do they want to pick you instead of the other person? So I, and I think that, you know, reels, which is interesting about reels, and we are really moving towards video content, um, with reels, it allows us to really showcase personality much more than a Canva infographic, which has been the tradition since the norm, since I sort of stepped onto social media and the space, it allows us really to, our, to let our personality shine. And it, it, it allows us to inject more humor into things, you know, with these like funny audio clips. And I think it's really important to take advantage of that. If you're not doing video content right now, and you're on Instagram, you need to start doing it because that's not going away, at least not for the time being. So I see a lot of accounts not growing that have been, you know, sort of, we've been neck and neck for a long time and it's video content and moving more towards the reels and letting your personality shine and people can, you know, it's that like no trust factor. They feel like, you know, I get DMs, like, I, I feel like we're friends or, you know, and that's awesome. That's so cool. And I definitely want to be, you know, relatable in the sense that PCOS or whatever health condition you're dealing with is potentially really scary. And I, you know, I want, I want it to be a safe space where people feel like, well, Corey's got that too. And here she is, you know, dealing with it and, and I can relate to that. And I respect that. So yeah, personality, I think is my number one show up as you and don't be afraid to, to be yourself on social because people will pick up on it and they'll like it and they'll yeah. want to react to it. 
And don't try to be someone else's personality. Like if yeah. you see someone else who's successful, yeah, exactly. that's never going to work either. Cause if you're nope. like putting on an act, you're going to burn nope. out and people are going to be like, and I don't know, it'll just like peek through that. It's like not really you. <laughs> yeah. I've done a couple interviews, even on this podcast where people were like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like trying to be this like amazing, like jokester on social media. And then like, I'm not actually really that funny. So yeah. <laughs> And then what are your thoughts just before we move on? I know there's like some business coaches out there that teach certain tactics like uh, DMing people directly, cold DMing on Instagram, or even I've seen, I, I don't know if people are teaching, I mean, obviously someone's teaching this somewhere. I've seen other dietitians like complain a little bit about like client poaching where like they encourage, like, let's say your niche is PCOS. They're like, oh, go find other successful PCOS dietitians and then like hang out in their comments and keep inviting their commenters to like your page (laughs) in the comment section. I'm like, dang, it's cutthroat out there. (laughs) So yeah. What are your thoughts on those types of things? And like, why, why do people go that route and what should they be doing maybe instead? I think they're going that route because they don't know what else to do by no fault of their own. But I, I do not think those are helpful strategies. I mean, it's just like someone coming up to your, it's like a stranger knocking on your front door. We don't really do that anymore, but it's, it's literally the online equivalent to cold DM someone. So, and I just delete that stuff so fast, like faster than you can say, like Instagram, I don't know, like I so fast and Poaching other people's clients is, I will delete and block you, DNB, the DNB formula, delete and block so fast. And it's not respectful to colleagues either. So, you know, if you're struggling with growth, those are two <laughs> routes I do not recommend going. And I think it, you know, it, it comes down to carving out something unique for yourself. And, you know, I was talking about this with a, a business coaching client this morning. She's in the hormone balance and PCOS space. And it's so funny because when I started, I felt like there weren't barely any accounts that were like that. There were just a handful of us and now it's everywhere. And so I'm like looking at her Instagram bio and it says hormone balance, PCOS. I'm like, okay, but what's your angle? Like, what else are you going to offer? You know, you've got to position yourself as something different. So think about, you know, what your angle is, pick a topic that you love, but then tweak it a little bit. So it's you and go, go with it and post consistently, show up there, let your personality shine. If that means letting your free flag fly, let it fly. Do whatever you got to do to, you know, for people to stay, want to stay on your page and want to listen to you and watch you and learn from you. So yeah, I guess that those are probably my two better tips than the other tactics, but yeah, whatever works, you know? And bringing it back to this doesn't happen in one week (laughs) for anybody. (laughs) So patience and not only patience, but you have have to pair the patients with consistency, I think, and no matter where yes. you're trying to build. <laughs> yeah. So yep. You can't just yeah. pop in, you know, once mm-hmm. a week for a few months and be like, eh, it's not working. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I know. So I don't think we ever talked about exact numbers, not that that's the most important thing, but just for a frame of reference, like how large was your audience when you first launched versus today? You know, I was trying to remember that. I know I was over, I was, I think I had just gone over 10,000 because I was so excited. I think it was like a few weeks before to get the swipe up for my launch. I was like, 
Yeah. So I think it was a little, I was probably like 11,000 or something followers when I first launched. So, you know, not, not huge, but definitely more than a couple hundred. And I, I was really doing a lot of content around PCOS. So that's another thing too. If you're creating an online program, pick a topic that, you know, the majority of people looking at it are going to be interested in. Don't pick something totally random that you don't really talk about much because it's going to appear like, wait, what, like, why are you watching on that? So yeah, dig in to figure out what that need is. How large is your audience now? Let's see. 95,900. Dang girl. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it's cool. I'm getting close to the hundred, um, which would be awesome to accomplish. So yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on all your hard work paying off. That's thank amazing. you. Thank Super you. Super inspirational. I feel like we probably both have the same, just like hope that more dietitians out there in the community listening get out there and get those large audiences in whatever niche they're in because right I mean, we don't really learn this stuff in school and I mean uh-huh. it's maybe a little intimidating but it is doable oh, <laughs> and we yes. have the credentials and there's so many people out there who don't have that much education who believe in themselves and they're doing it. So like you Mm -hmm. have more than enough (laughs) experience behind your belt to do the same thing. Yes, totally. And I remember, you know, when you were you, and I don't know if you still do this, but publishing your, you know, your reports year after year and what you've made and looking at those is so inspiring. And, you know, we all have to start somewhere and we both, we both have. And I think I started with one follower, like my mom or something. So you know, you got to start somewhere you got to put in the work, but it's hundred percent possible. And I, I, I do hope that other dietitians take advantage of that because I do feel like I don't want to go on a tangent, but we, we are so undervalued and underpaid for what we have, what we go through to get to where we are. So I always want to teach dietitians, like you don't, if you're not making something that you are not truly stoked about, you don't have to stay there. You know, there's other ways. And it's nice to be able to have that option as an RD. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I won't, I won't go off the deep end there, but no, I know (laughs) quite a deep pool to dive into. So, okay. So basically it sounds like you've had great success with your online course launches and you do plan to continue and continue to tweak, but continue to run them. Uh, Is there anything in particular that stands out to you as you've continued to run them over the last few years of things that like you did tweak where you're like, oh, that was a really big win. Or a great idea. Yeah, good question. I think one thing that I, and I still plan to do this more, but adding in more video content before it was kind of like PowerPoint slide-ish kind of thing. And I think as we're all moving more towards video stuff, people are going to come to expect that more. So that's one thing. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's probably the only thing I can think of because I really have kept them, you know, with, aside from just tweaking a few things, I've kept them pretty, uh, the Get Pregnant PCOS pretty pretty much the same. I mean, I, yeah, I've added on a libido module, which was fun to do, but I don't know. I, that the first time I did that was this last launch. So I don't have like hundred percent feedback on how that went, but that's a, you know, a question I get asked a lot, you know, why is my libido in the dumpster? What do I do? So I was like, okay, that's a need. I'm going to put that in there. So yeah, I don't, I guess that's probably my, my, my best answer. Just adding more video stuff. And I added workout, like a whole video workout section. My, my partner, Esteban, he did it. He's a firefighter. So I was like, you do the exercise part. So that was really cool to have, you know, to bring him in. And I'd like to get more experts in, you know, that I can kind of plop into the program in some fashion. I have someone who does, I guess, sound baths, like a 
sort of like a meditation type of thing. And I think I'm going to put her into the stress reduction workshop program. So adding in more people aside from myself that are going to add value to the program and compensating them, obviously, I think it's going to be helpful. So yeah, work in progress. Growing a team. That's like my next horizon as well. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a team? That's a good question. I didn't ask. Yeah. I have a social media manager as of March. Before that, I had a VA for like a month and a half or something, but I've been kind of a one woman band and I I find it hard to delegate. So it's been a little tricky, but my, my current social media manager, she creates the majority of my content for me and captions it. And then I review and edit, make it, you know, make sure it sounds like all, all, you know, all on brand and my voice. She does a good job of capturing that. And then, but the tricky part about reels and more video content is I can't I can't hire someone to create my reels because it's me. So that's been another, you know, with video stuff, it's like now I have to budget more time to do that. And that's been kind of tough, but we adapt, you know, we move our schedule around, we make it work. So yeah, it's basically me and, and her on my social. And if you ever like grow to like totally hate and resent it, like pivot, (laughs) there's so many other marketing channels as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then probably the golden question, how did you find your social media manager? Where did you go to hire them? I hired her off of my social media. I put up a post that said I'm hiring and I got a lot of applications in and I, I, I basically, I, I had three in the running and I had them all create like a fake Instagram post. Cause I wanted to see how well they would capture my voice. And she created this like super fire meme. And I was like, you, I want you. And so I found her on my Instagram. So if you're, if you're, if you are hiring, you know, for those listening, if you're thinking about hiring a team and you already have a page that has some, you know, decent traction, put it out there on the page and see what you see what happens. Yeah. I didn't even go the like indeed route or anything like that. I thought about like Upwork, but yeah, in the end I I found her on there. And it was cool too, because she already, she had been following me. She already knew who I was and what my voice was. So it didn't take a lot for her to like have to dive in and learn all about me as like a total stranger. So that was definitely a plus if you are hiring from your own network or um, platform, people are going to already understand the brand and Mm -hmm. she has to us too. So uh, we were like, yeah, this works. <laughs> so. That sounds uh, ideal. I've only yeah. ever hired like once, but I did something similar. I just posted <laughs> in my own community and I'm still yeah. working with that person today. Awesome. But yeah. also I did the same thing where you like have people do samples of what yeah. you want them to do when you have, when they are working with you. Um, yes. And that was super illuminating. Totally. Um, yeah. Totally. I will say one thing that I see people who feel like social media is overwhelming they want to hire someone right away because they're like, this is too much. But I think that's actually damaging because it doesn't allow you to build the brand yourself and make it your own. And I think you risk losing that authenticity if you hire out too fast without developing your brand first. So, you know, if it's so, if it's overwhelming, I totally get that. And maybe you hire someone to do more like office type of stuff. But as far as growing your social media presence, I you know, you should kind of, if you can try to do that on your own for at least a little bit. Yeah. I say the same thing about blogging. Can I just hire out everything? Like just someone do my SEO. And it's like, that's such a loaded question. It's oh, like, that's okay. like your whole online business. If, if your blog is like a key component. So it's like okay. at least figure out like what the steps and components are and do mm-hmm. it 
at least a few times yourself. So then you know what you actually need to hire for because yes, saying you want to hire out for SEO is like saying, I want to hire help with nutrition and someone just do all my nutrition for me. It's like, well, what do you <laughs> even mean by that? Like, what, you know, it's just such a broad topic. So, um, so true. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. It's probably yeah. like that for almost anything in business. I, I, yeah. I think it's a good idea to add at least a basic understanding of why you're hiring out. <laughs> yeah. Else, so I think that's how you get into sticky situations where you don't know what's happening in your business and not everyone right. might have the best mm-hmm. intentions in mind for you, depending on what you're hiring out. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Or just make honest mistakes. Yeah. It's like, well, shoot, what do we do now? We got to pick up the pieces. Yeah. 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 I was thinking more like, you know, like those weird Ponzi schemes that like people find them in. It's like, oh yeah. how did that happen? They probably were like, oh, financial advisor you do everything and like never check in or like know what's going on so to close this up today what are your top three recommendations for rds who want to create and sell online courses number one very gosh very obvious but find what find what the need is don't just create a nutrition for pregnancy course what about what else? Like, what's your angle? What's your take? What's going to make it new and exciting and like freaking awesome and different. So find, so, you know, find where there's a need and then find your angle within that need. So, you know, get, get clear and specific. Such a common, like that's probably the most common thing that yes. new people struggle with going way too vague. Yeah. I know it's hard, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I know. And I'll, I always give this example when I started my business, you know, I had family members like the women's dietitian. So you're just cutting out half the population. And I was like, you're damn right. Because I, I, you know, I, I did want to, I did want to only work with women, you know, and it ended up being the best thing because I got more, you know, more narrow. So always, yeah, niche always, if you can. And then I think the whole marketing and sales aspect, you know, don't just pop up out of nowhere with a course, take, take your time be patient with your, your followers, yourself, even if you're like dying to get this out or you have a, you know, but like a money goal deadline to meet. really take your time in pitching it in a way that's tasteful and you're not going to bombard followers with like salesy pitchy BS, you know, and you're, you're staying true to your brand. And then number three, gosh, I don't, I guess number three would be focus on really trying to get those client wins, member wins, I guess, and keep those, keep every single positive thing that anybody has to say, keep them, you know, however you choose to present them is up to you, but those are going to help really sell next launch, sell what your, you know, your, your, your program or your course. And then I guess those are the top three. Yeah. And I hope that's helpful for, for listeners. And having a bank of positive things people have said or achieved through what you're creating is also great for the days when you get like some not so great emails from people and you're like, wait, I am awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. So true. That's a really good point. Yep. Yep. I, I'll do that too. I'll just go on my testimonials page when I'm having a bad day and I'm like, okay. All right. So where should people go to connect with you? It sounds like probably Instagram. That we, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I have, um, everything's the same. So it's Instagram is the women's dietitian pop over and to my TikTok, my, the women's dietitian. And then my website is just the women's dietitian.com. So easy peasy. I am, I have it now. I just started a Pinterest thingy. And then I, I am toying with the idea of a YouTube channel, but I'm still in the very infantile stages of that. So 
but everything should be, you know, women's dietitian everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. I think I not think I know a lot of people listening are going to head over and figure awesome. out like how the heck you got so many followers and had such <laughs> wonderful success on Instagram. But yeah, I follow your accounts too. And they're okay. a pleasure to follow. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, good luck with everything. Thank you.